Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, I am here. I am back. We are live. All right. We're live. I'm here. We're back. All those things. Uh, how's everybody doing? It's Rob Scary, Rob Scary Show. Don't forget, you guys can listen to us over on Spreaker.com. You go to Spreaker, you type in the Rob Zakari Show, and you'll find us. You can also go to Blog Talk Radio, type in the Rob Zakari Show, you will find us there. You can also go to iTunes. That's not live, but you can still go to iTunes. Uh, iHeartRadio is another place that you can listen to us live. All right, so yesterday we started uh, an interesting segment. It's called the news update. So every day we're going to highlight a fake news story. Rather it's CNN, rather it's Washington Post, rather it's Yahoo, or all of them combined. Now, Today, we basically hit some milestones as far as uh, the stock market. We hit some milestones as far as uh, the stock market. Uh, 10, well, 20,000 is on the horizon. We are about 500 points. From 20,000 Dow Jones Industrial. 20,000. Historic. Literally historic. The market closed today almost 300 points. Up almost 300 points. Since Trump won the election... The market has been up over 1,200 points. I mean, this is historic. This is historic. When Obama was elected, the market dropped 1,000 points. So this is, well, last, I don't know. I don't claim to be a stock market guru. I do know that you have people like the CEO of U.S. Steel saying, and I quote, the environment right now of positive optimism has never been better. This is the type of environment where we at U.S. Steel could bring back 10,000 jobs, the 10,000 jobs that we shed recession. So, again, I'm not a stock market guru. I'm just reporting 
And over the past week, week and a half, we've been hearing all sorts of positivity in the election, which did would be much on the if come that number is actually gear blogs conspiracy stuff or articles that were CNN, Bloomberg, Post, New York Times, BuzzFeed, Daily Beast, MSNBC, CNBC, CNBC. Uh, I, 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 I mean, Vox. The list goes on and on. Every single one of these websites ran stories, which would be news, right? Those would be considered news stories, right? Rather, it's an opinion piece. It's on a news site. That site is the quintessential information superhighway that informs all Americans as to what their government is doing. Right? Forget Breitbart, forget the Beltway pundits or whatever other conservative sites are out there. CNN, the Bible. Washington Post, the Bible. The New York Times, the paper of record. Think about that. The New York Times, the paper of record, ran at least a dozen articles about if Donald Trump gets elected the next day, stocks would plummet. 401ks would be decimated as we speak. And I'm talking about when the article was written. As we speak, world leaders are preparing for a United States economic collapse. These were all stories. Now, I've told you about my dad being Mr. Uber-liberal, like super-liberal, beyond-liberal. And the night of the election, as I was texting my mom, And my mom is a closet conservative. My mom's a closet. Well, she's a she's a liberal as it comes to social values or social issues. 
but a conservative on everything else. She's anti-illegals. She's pro-police. But as it pertains to abortion, she's very, very, very extreme left. Very. It's up to a woman. It's her body. It's her How dare anybody tell a woman what she could do with her body. Very, very, very left. But (laughs) you ask her about illegals, she's like, get them out of here. (laughs) So a liberal would be in love with her when they hear her talk about abortion rights. And then (laughs) as it transfers to uh, immigration, they would cringe. But anyways, as me and her are texting, while the results are coming in. I said, he's going to win. He's going to win. She said, yes. Sure does look like it. I said, dad's got to be just losing his mind. She goes, he's just worried about his stocks. I said, the market's going to be fine. No. He watches the TV. He watches all the news programs. He's saying Trump is going to destroy the economy. And the stock market is the first to tank. This is coming from my parents. This is coming from my parents. Who get all their information from CNN and MSNBC and CNBC. My dad has CNBC on during the day while the market is open. He watches Kramer. You know, he, wa- he watches all those shows. Anytime Mark Cuban would go on those programs and go, stock market's going to tank. Stock market's going to be destroyed. If you don't want to see your 401ks get destroyed, do not. I mean, that's fake news. You can't call all these sites fake news. But when CNN and MSNBC for four, five, six months runs article after article, and has pundit after pundit, has economic professor after economic professor talk about the economy exploding should Trump win. And not when he gets into office and his policies take shape, but literally the next Other sites fake news, 
news stories came from social media or came from your sites that maybe an Alex Jones picked up on. But for the most part, you have to be really, really, really tech savvy. And what I mean by that is low information voters had no idea about Pizzagate. Hell, low information voters had no idea about Pepe the Frog. Listen, I'm not a low information voter. I do a political show for Christ's sakes. And I didn't know what the hell Pepe the Frog was. I had no idea. I thought it was just a frog. I had no idea of the origins of the frog and all the incarnations of the frog. I, I had no idea about this. I had no idea about it until CNN and MSNBC, that retarded Rachel Maddow, did a 17-minute segment. So them spreading and creating Fake news is the worst because someone like my dad, who has no idea how to get on a computer, my mom has to show him how to get on play. His computer is set up with his his stock portfolio where he sees the ticker and it goes and he doesn't know how to get on. My mom has to permanently set it up. But if you say to my dad, hey, dad, go and. uh, uh, Google the Rob's or, or uh, log into uh, the, you know, uh, whatever, uh, uh, Yahoo, whatever, whatever the hell your browser is. And type in the Rob Zakari show so you could check out what's it. What? How? What? What are you talking about? How do I do that? How? What? No, what? Oh, yeah, yeah. He gets his news from CNN. He gets his news from MSNBC. So for months and months and months, he was getting fake news of the stock market's going to collapse. You, 79-year-old man, what you've worked for all your life, what you've saved for all your life is going to be wiped out in the blink of an eye. And you want to talk about terrorizing old people. Oh, they're, they're going to take your Social Security away. They're going to take your Medicare away. You're going to be eating cat food and blah, blah, blah. I mean, imagine just telling uh, middle income to um, higher income voters, if you elect Donald Trump, everything you've worked for your entire life will be lost. And they parade people like Mark Cuban, Hi, a fellow billionaire, yeah. Dallas Mavericks, uh, you know, I have the, the show Shark Tank, I am worth billions. Going to destroy the economy. It, it, just the, mentioning the name, the stock market is going to plummet. I mean, that's serious, serious fake news. I think people like uh, Michael Bloomberg, real Donald Trump not a real billionaire, a fake billionaire. Deal. And I'm telling you, if he becomes, he's going to be destroyed. 
fake. Fake news. And on a side note, you notice nobody ever had a problem with the fact that Bloomberg was the mayor of New York, and yet, and he owned Hey, heard anybody complain about that? Oh, well, my, he should sell everything. Granted, mayor, I get it. Well, sorry. Still a big. Get man. New York City. leaders coming out saying, hey man, we're loving what we're hearing. What? We're loving what we're hearing. You had the Japanese guy yesterday. We talked about talking about a 50 what, billion dollar investment? But look at Carrier. 1,100 jobs. It's really only seven or 800 jobs. <laughs> All right, wh- whatever. Whatever. What about the investment? Fake news. Backtracking. Or he's saying, explain yourself. Hey. Hack Tapper, explain yourself. I mean, we said this the day after the election. This would, any other industry, all these, you'd have a boss, you'd have the owner go, all right, either all of you have been wrong. For the last year, or you all did this on purpose, which is wrong because you're supposed to be a news organization. You're supposed to be reporters. There, there is no. Eh, we just got it wrong. Eh. Hey, doctor, what happened? That patient died in a routine surgery. Well, you know what? I, I thought I was, I was cutting, uh, you know, uh, this tendon so I could repair the knee. And I, I wound up, you know, cutting a artery to the heart. I wasn't sure how to fix it. And he died. Like that. Doesn't work like that. Look like that. And then to hear these people start pulling out polls. Well, this poll, polls, really, really, we're starting to hear polls. 
these these are they actually have the balls to start bringing out polls polls stop so fake news man there's the fake news of the day the stock market is at record highs Record highs, and it's not supposed to be at record highs. Leaders of huge industries talking about being excited about Trump, excited about the environment that we're living in now. A pro-business environment. Again, when you talk about companies and you talk about, oh, well, that company's getting a break and that company's get, you got to look at the company and you got to see what they do. And if a company hires thousands of people and thousands of people are working for that company and they're making a living and they're buying Christmas presents, or their wives or whoever we should do everything in our power to help that company the power to help that company we should help that company and I'm not talking about some type of mass government that's not the government's job the job is to create an environment that is friendly so people if they want to create businesses can do so because ultimately those businesses hire individuals to propel the economy and make life better for everyone You know, for eight years, well, it's been going on longer than eight years, but let's just take the last eight years. We've been inundated with liberals, Democrats, the media, the White House. Been inundated with this concept that all the businesses out there are making trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And all of these people that work for these companies are getting paid slave wages. And if these companies are helped out in any way with lower taxes or anything like that, It just lines the pockets of one or two executives. And in turn, these employees get nothing. Hell, the last eight years, we never really hear about the employees. The employees are always conveniently left out. So when you hear the Bernie Sanderses and other individuals, oh, they're getting this, the corporate 
greed and their gre- So it's always as if these companies are like a one-man show, and they conveniently leave out the people and the lives that are affected by the companies. And that's the thing Trump has done in the past six to the forefront. So when someone is talking about these executives, it's not painted with the face of this individual. And it's like, well, that's the person that benefits. No, those people benefit. That's what it's about. That's what it's so fake news. Stock market will tank and people will be jumping out windows if Trump wins. And that's not the president yet. That will happen because a month before the lead up to cause pandemonium. What actually looked like a scene from those apocalyptic individuals are running around in the streets looking for gold bullion because that's all or pelts furs. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. We're going to take a quick break. Real quick. Don't go away. We're going to listen to our favorite bit, and that is Hillary. Clinton, Clinton, talking about her hot sauce and her swag bag. We'll be right back. And we're going to talk about another general yeah, that has been selected. And, of course, oh, yeah, the WWE has come to the White House. I'm waiting for The Rock to uh, make the announcement. Finally, the WWE is coming to the White House. We'll be right back. It's Rob's Carey. It's Rob's Carey Show. What's something that you always carry with you? Hot sauce. Really? You, yeah. Yeah. Really? Are you getting information right now? <laughs> Hot sauce. Hot sauce in my bag, Swag? Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Now, yes. listen, I just want you to know people are going to see this and say, okay, she's standing the black people. <laughs> I got okay. it. Seriously, hot sauce. I've been, I've been, you know, eating a lot of hot sauce. A mouth at, condom, a mouth guard, and hot sauce. That's why you're coughing. You might need to slow down. A I need, hot yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm having a rebellion against it uh, because I think it keeps my immune system strong. Oh. I really do. I think hot sauce is good for you. All right, we're back. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari show. It's one of my favorite all-time bits. Hillary Clinton talking about hot sauce in her bag. I got hot sauce. I got hot. Am I pandering? Is it working? <laughs> I guess it didn't work. I've never seen as much pandering. And, and Republicans always get the, the heat for pandering. Ah, look at the Republicans pandering to the Christian right. Ah, look at Donald Trump talking about his favorite book being the Bible. But nobody ever talked about Hillary Clinton and just pandering to the highest level. 
Nobody. I mean, yeah, we heard it from shows like ours, but it wasn't like Hack Tapper was like, and today's lead, pandering. And Hillary Clinton talking about hot sauce. You didn't hear that. You didn't hear that. We're going to have to talk, because I I can only do fake news one segment at a time. I know there's going to be more fake news tomorrow, so the fake other fake news from the Washington Post will be old fake news, but they got a a great article about false equivalent. There's still a, you got, they're still just beside themselves that, Trump one. I'm trying to figure out. Here's what I'm trying to figure out. What is it that burns their balls so much? Is it the fact that Trump won or that their influence and their importance isn't what it once was? Because remember, we talk about this all of those journalists, all of those reporters, they all got into the business because they were losers in school. Nobody liked them. They sat in the back of the classroom. They picked their nose. They ate their boogers. They farted in their own hands and then put it up to their face to smell it. That was them. And somebody said, hey, If you go and get a journalism degree, you will be important. The pen is mightier than the sword. People want to be friends with you because you will write stories about them. You will put them on the covers of magazines. They will want to be friends with you because they won't want you to write a bad article. So I'm not sure. If they're mad that Trump won or that all the writing they did, all of the pieces they did. Remember, Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post because ultimately when he goes to parties, yes, I know Amazon's huge. I I, I mean, come on. Look what I do. Look who I am. I, I, I one tenth a fraction of what Amazon is. I would love to have that wealth, but let's put it in context. We're not comparing Bezo to Rob Zakari. We're comparing Bezo to you know giants like Eisenberg and Katzenberg. Hell, Rupert Murdoch. As eBay. I mean, Amazon is eBay. You could go on there and sell dildos. <laughs> you know, sex pills. Condoms. Yeah, you could sell other stuff, but all in shoulders. Belly bumping people that own football teams or oil wells. Disney. It's like, yeah, I'm You know, if you get right down to it. So, first of all, I own my own blog. Oh, what is it? 
It's that they don't have power. That power is gone. I'm going to run off about you and it's not going to be nice oh please Jennifer Rubin don't do that oh please no please oh no article after article after article Trump is scum his people are scum 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 and then he won so it's like everything you wrote didn't matter you don't it's just like High school for all of them. They're all back in high school. And I think that's what's killing them all. That Trump made them feel. That's why they all talk. He's a bully. He, Trump reminded them, gave them all these, 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 shit, these flashbacks. They, they were having like the military, you know how the, the, the military guys, they get the, the, the shell shock? I know, I use a primitive word, but hey, okay? I'm, I'm using the word, just like cross-dressers. I'm not saying military cross-dressers. <laughs> Stop. What I'm saying is the words that the liberals have created to replace words like cross-dressers. PDSD or PPCZZD or shell shock. Okay, it's shell shock. Traumatic brain stress disorder. Shell shock. Now stop it. They have shell shock from being in high school and having the captain of the football team go, uh, excuse me, jerk off. You're in my seat. What? I, I'm just writing this article for for the school newspaper. Really? Can I see that article? And then they wipe their ass with the article, and then they throw it. He throws it in Jennifer Rubin's face. He goes, here. Now get out of here and go play with your cat somewhere. But they got the article today called The False Equivalent. Oh, what they did to Hillary Clinton. Oh. And, of course, you know, they got a bunch of uh, you know, academics again, because that gives credence to whatever they all say. You know, it's that that's what the media does. Well, a professor at Morehouse, a professor at Harvard, but okay, and that makes it official. That 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 makes it the the gospel. Prominent lawyer and teacher. At Yale. Ooh, Yale. And he's going to say why Trump... Get, the, get out of here. Stop. I know, I know. I'm going off the the, the reservation here on, on the story. But I, I yeah, if you go check it out, maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. But Washington Post is very upset. False equivalent. How could it be the... You can't say it's a false equivalent. That Trump and uh, versus Hillary's emails, it just doesn't matter. Donald Trump sexually assaulting women. They they actually have in the article, they talk about the Access Hollywood tapes, and then they say Trump sexually assaulting women and women going on the record and saying that like. These women going on the record, 
makes it, I guess, holding your hand up going, I swear to Jesus Christ that I did not lie. Like that. Uh, uh, hi, I'm Jennifer Rubin from the Watch. Do you swear that Donald Trump touched you? Porn star who takes five dicks at a time? I swear. Okay, that's good enough for me. You're on the record. The fuck out of here. What are you fucking retarded? On the record. Anyways, I know it's about that time when I when the when the cussing comes out. I start the show. One of our our, our uh, one of our listeners hit me up and they're like, I like the new Rob Zakari show. I like the the unfiltered and the cussing. See, we used to do the show. And I would cuss, you know, not on terrestrial radio. But then I had people say, dude, don't cuss because the show could get picked up for terrestrial radio and they'll be hitting the dump button. And I said, okay. So then I would have to be careful with things that I said. And then this past few weeks i said you know what i won't go over the top but fuck it if i get fired up i'm gonna have to throw out a little f-bomb i'm gonna have to do the trump and they could go fuck themselves (laughs) all right so we got more cabinet picks today all right got more now we talked about this yesterday and we broke down Everybody's, well, not everybody, but of course, the media, the left, and people on the hard right. Your Ben Shapiro's, David Frum's, your Crystal's. And it's Trump is filling up his cabinet with military men. It's starting to look like, and, uh, of, you know, a dictatorship or a, or a theoritarium, uh, you know, kind of. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, listen, just stop, okay? Just stop. These positions where Trump is putting military people in positions have to do with military-type things. He's not saying, all right, I'm going to put this retired four-star general's Marine in at HUD. I'm not going to put this retired military general in as press secretary. <laughs> I don't even know press secretary is a... <laughs> I know it's... I know. I know it's not a cabinet position. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Just stop. I got, I got people over there busting my balls. I just... You know, you get my point, okay? What I'm saying is, we have military people in positions of military things. So, John Kelly today, retired general, Marine, has been chosen to be head of Department of Homeland Security. Again. Not the education secretary, not the commerce secretary, but homeland 
Security. Homeland security. Securing our homeland. Interesting concept, right? Okay. Department of Homeland Security right now is run by a lawyer. Jay Johnson, a lawyer under Jay Johnson just in the past what? Year, year and a half? How many terrorists, and I call them terrorists, I don't care if they were either born here or immigrated here, they're terrorists. They're doing this based on an ideology, rather you want to call it a perverted view of the religion of Islam, but they're terrorists. You got the nightclub, what, 50 people. You got uh, San Bernardino, 14 people. You got stabbings. Rather, it's UC Merced or Ohio State. Are they people coming from Saudi Arabia, hijacking airplanes, flying them into buildings? No. But is that the definition of a terrorist attack? Come on. I know liberals, the media, want it to be. But if a guy goes to Saudi Arabia and grabs his wife, trained in radical jihadism, the wife is a jihadist, the wife is from Pakistan, I mean, they're terrorists. A lawyer. A lawyer. Okay? A lawyer. Someone who graduated from Morehouse. Got his law degree from Columbia. He's the head of the Department of Homeland Security. So, I ask you, would you rather have a Marine protecting our homeland or a fucking lawyer I mean seriously it's it's insane it's insane that this would be a debate oh I don't I don't know we're we're, we're I feel like we're we're turning into but would it, if if the liberals saying that you guys love Cuba, you guys love Castro, you guys love Raúl, so what do you got a problem with Bernie Sanders, socialism, socialism? Why would you care? Again, why the hell? Why the hell are we sitting around thinking in this 
Well, this is how we've done it for the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and we have to continue to do it that exact same way. Why do we do that if we don't do that with anything else that we do? Throughout our history, as Americans, we've evolved, we've changed, and we've said, ah, let's not do that that way. Let's do it this way. Maybe it will be better. Maybe it won't. But we can't keep thinking how we thought in 1800 or 1900. But as it pertains to the government, that's what we're supposed to do. And I would think everybody would have learned a lesson from this Trump win that it's a whole new ball game. You got to spend X, Y, Z on TV ads. You got to spend X, Y, Z on, uh, you know, field people. And you got to do this. And you got to have the ground game. You got to blah, 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 blah. Trump doesn't have any of it. He's, he, well, he won. Well, that's because he had free media. Free media to be called Hitler? I mean, yeah. That's the, if that, okay. Oh He's Hitler. To have people like Van Jones crying hysterically. (laughs) If he becomes president, oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna bring back slavery. (laughs) Seriously. Every black pundit was on television crying. Telling everybody that if Trump becomes president, uh, they're not going to be able to vote again. He's going to rewrite the Constitution. They'll all be slaves. And, and, And that was part of the free media. That was part of the free media. Trump changed everything. So why are we all sitting around going, oh, no, you, you can't have a general be the Department of Homeland Security? That, that makes us too, too much like a, a dictator. It makes us too much like, no, we, we, it's just stop. Stop. It makes us smart. It makes us trying something different. It's just like people complaining about Ben Carson. As the HUD secretary, well, that's not what we do. You can't put a brain surgeon in charge of urban development. Why? Well, because he's unqualified. Opposed to what? The past eight years, what's so awesome? Uh, <laughs> the urban, the urban areas now. What? What is it? What are they living in? Palatial estates. If I take a trip down to the city. I go to South Central, I go to uh, uh, Inglewood, or I go, any of those, pl- what am I going to see, uh, palaces? What are you, fucking retarded? Seriously, am I going to see, pa- am I going to see, like, indoor swimming pools? 
Might see poor people, like, backstroke. What are we, nuts? Apparently, whatever qualified genius that's been doing it for the past eight years hasn't been doing it too good. Who's overseeing places like Chicago? Who's overseeing the urban development there? I see that dummy, Mike Nutter, whatever his name is, the former mayor of uh, of Philly. What the hell has he done? Well, you can't have Ben Carson. What does he know? He's a surgeon, a brain surgeon. He's not a proctologist. He's not a podiatrist. Hell, he's not even an optometrist. He's not even a fake doctor like Rand Paul. This guy operates on brains. And trust me, listen, my mom is a nurse. If you're going to say, yeah, but Ben Carson doesn't know how to deal with the bureaucracy. You want to talk about bureaucracy? There is more bureaucracy in the medical world at those hospitals than you could ever imagine. My mom would tell me stories about what they have to deal with. And it's all bureaucracy. Certain people don't do certain aspects of nursing because they're at a certain level. And my mom's like, what do you, but you just pick that up. You got to, we got to do that. No, that's not what we don't handle that. You have to call in the, you know, whatever nursing the you know department but yeah but they're it's they're all just no that it's all bureaucracy this nurse this doctor that uh, anesthesiologist uh this this tenured doctor it's all bureaucracy and if you're at a hospital like johns hopkins what are you kidding me to navigate through that Oh, but he doesn't know about uh, the, the, the... Stop. Just stop. Stop. Right now you got Julian Castro. Well, he was the mayor. Look, he... Well, what... what? That... I, again, I love when people talk about... Well, he was... He was an elected official. And, oh, then he has experience. Experience doing what? Running a housing department? Yes, that. Oh, just stop. John Kelly is a military guy. Homeland Security is about protecting our home. So it's not even brain surgeon tackling urban housing. This is a Marine protecting our homeland. A Marine going, all right, three, four hours. Well, uh, uh, sir, we uh, of staff. Hmm, okay, well, we need to hire more people. Why are these weapons getting through? Remember that report of all the weapons that were 
getting through from TSA and again, I, I mean, this is like perfect for somebody in the military. He also he also was part of managing our uh, South and Central American border. So he started as the um, Southern Command Leader. And then they had him responsible for managing the border of South and Central America. And he also oversaw Gitmo. I mean, this is all some, some, some pretty heavy stuff. Whole hell of a lot more qualified than a fucking lawyer. Like we talked about it last night. I could be a lawyer. Granted, it's not going to be graduating from Columbia. But a lawyer, oh, he can handle the bureaucracy. We don't need just we need somebody to not let terrorists in. Okay? You know, this general testified that there's a huge problem with human smuggling. That we are vulnerable to terrorists infiltrating our country through the southern border via human smuggling. I mean, this guy's like an expert. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. I want somebody to be an expert on that type of stuff. I want someone to be an expert on that. Lawyer. We tried lawyers. Obama's administration is full of lawyers. Take a look at all the people that are in Obama's administration or have been in his administration. They're, they're all lawyers or professors or teachers. Okay, granted, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Columbia, but still, the fucking teacher. Remember your teacher in high school or college? Imagine them as running the Department of Homeland Security or some other agency. Exactly. No. I've always said, why do we have people running our government that don't necessarily gel with the way we run our everyday lives. So when people said, well, Trump's not qualified to be president, what does he know about being president? And those are the same people that said, Obama, whew, he's a very qualified candidate. How the fuck was he a qualified candidate? Guy was a, a professor at, at a college and then a community organizer. 
and then a freshman senator who accomplished nothing. Oh, he put his name on some nuclear proliferation bill with Luger. I, I, I don't know, whatever it was. But, I mean, what credentials did he have to run the government? just insane absolutely insane so now we got john kelly okay we got john kelly and 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 the guy's one of those gold star fathers i think it's the gold isn't that what it is gold star where you're the the parent of a soldier killed in action and the guy lost his son back in 2010 in Afghanistan. You know, if anything, guys, if anything, you're talking about a cabinet that has military experience. And in military experience, for the most part, They don't want to go to war. You know, remember, rather it was Rumsfeld, Cheney. You know, you had guys that have never served before. Guys that don't know the horrors of war. As it pertains to Mathis, Kelly... Flynn, yeah, guys that have been on the front lines, guys that have been in there watching, you know, their people die. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, their first priority is going to be how do we not get into war? How do we show strength without going to war? You know, how do we protect ourselves here at home? How do we take the necessary precautions to make sure we're not being attacked here at home so we get ourselves in a position where we have, where the American people say, hey, hey, you can't let them do that to us. There must be a response. We must respond. If anything, having these guys in the cabinet is going to make it less likely that we're going to go to war. Whether you agree with the Iraq war or not, whether you can follow the money train, at the end of the day, Dick Cheney, Halliburton, and I know I'm not supposed to say this stuff because uh, I'm on the right, but, I mean, you know, if it's there, if the fruit is low-hanging, you got to grab it. But people like Cheney and Halliburton and other defense contractors, they benefited from that war. 
They benefited from doing what we did. They made money from that war. I'm not saying they did it only to make money. I'm not going to throw that out there. But if that wasn't part of the equation, do you think maybe people would have been a little more cautious? Just throwing it out there. And I got to imagine a bunch of generals are going to look at the situation and go, you know what, man? My son died in Afghanistan. I got friends that were killed in Iraq. War is not fun. It's not a business. It's a last resort. And if we do do it, we do it to win. We don't do it so we can relive the situation 15 years later. 10 years later, we do it to win. We do what we did in Japan. As horrible as it was, there was no going back. We didn't have to go back 10 years later. Thousands of soldiers killed and do it again. What we did with Japan, what we did with World War II was win. We won. There was no going back. So, John Kelly, Homeland Security, is going to make sure we're safe. Now, the other pick that some people were kind of Uh, scoffing at, kind of snickering at, and that is Linda McMahon. Yes, the same Linda McMahon that we (laughs) have seen get stone-cold stunned on WWE TV. I think maybe The Rock even hit her with a rock bottom. I'm not sure, but I definitely know she's been stunned. Linda McMahon is now part of the White House. She's heading up the Small Business Administration. Now, of course, people have only focused on the fact that she's from WWE or that she through Trump, four or five million dollars for his super PAC. But Trump's relationship with Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon in the WWE goes back years. Matter of fact, I, I went to two. WrestleManias, I know it sounds so lame, WrestleManias that were held at the Trump Taj Mahal. 
So this isn't, oh, Linda McMahon gave Trump $5 million, and uh, look, he rewarded her with a job. No. No. Linda McMahon and Vince McMahon, WWE, been like, I don't know, best friends, but uh, friends at least 20 years. Like I said, early, early era of WrestleMania. The early days before WrestleMania. Well, WrestleMania has always become, it's always WrestleMania. But, I mean, now WrestleMania is, uh, you know, it's, it's like a Super Bowl. Trump was with the McMahons in the early days. So that's number one. And number two, you talk about small businesses. The WWE was a regional wrestling promotion. Now, I could talk about this for hours. My past, yes, I had a wrestling company, Extreme Pro Wrestling. I don't talk about it much. It's kind of a dark era of my life. I lost millions, but it's another story, another time. But the WWE used to be WWF. They were a regional wrestling company. A man by the name of Vince McMahon Sr. owned the company. It's when wrestling was part of territories. You had other companies like the NWA and the AWA and world-class championship wrestling, Florida championship wrestling. And all of these places had their own market, their own arena as a territory. And nobody went into other people's territory. They had their own television. And Vince McMahon and Linda worked for Vince Sr. And when Vince Sr. decided to retire, he sold the company to Vince Jr. and Linda McMahon. And they purchased it. Vince was the wrestling genius. He's the guy that created wrestling that we know today. Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. Oh, God, Andre the Giant. I mean, Vince McMahon is the god of professional wrestling. And along with that God, Linda McMahon, was by his side. Linda McMahon was the business. Vince was the creative genius. Linda was the business. I mean, of course, Vince was the business too, but Linda really worked the books, worked the budgets. 
Vince said, I want to do this. And Linda said, okay, to make that happen, we have to do A, B, and C. A, B, and C, we can't do what you want. And so when they bought that company from the father, Vince's idea was to make that company national. Vince and Linda decided we're going to take this teeny tiny company out of Stamford, Connecticut, and we're going to make it not just big, but eventually the only wrestling company. And people laughed at them. People said, what are you, nuts? And slowly but surely, Vince started to go into people's territories, which was unheard of. You didn't do that. Kind of sounds familiar, right? Very Trump-like. What are you doing? You can't do that. That's not what we've done. We have territories. And for the last 50, 60, 70 years, we've always done it this way. And Vince went, no, I'm doing it this way. Television time. So if Florida Championship Wrestling was on, uh, you know, whatever the local channel 13 was, Vince would go in and buy time on a different channel and put their program on against that Florida program. You know how you see infomercials? You buy time. It's the same thing. So now all of a sudden, uh, those people in that territory, Florida, that are accustomed to watching Florida Championship Wrestling with those characters and those personalities, they now are looking at WWF characters, WWF personalities. And they're going, oh, my God, this is, this is great. This is awesome. And then once Vince does that for a few months, he runs a show, a live show in that town. So now all of a sudden that pie gets cut. And part of that pie goes to the WF. And just like any product, Give people a better product, they will be loyal. They will switch. And they'll never look back. Sure, maybe once in a while, I'll just stay. But it's over. Capitalism. And so, before you knew it, Florida Championship Wrestling was dying. People were not going to their shows. People were not watching television, their program. And then Vince would hire away top star was working for the Florida Championship Wrestling Organization. And before you knew it, that organization folded. And Vince McMahon and Linda McMahon did that 
territory after territory after territory. And one day Vince had this idea, and he said, I want to put on a wrestling show that would be like the Super Bowl. I want to have it once a year, and I want to explore this new thing called closed-circuit TV. And that's what pay-per-view was called before pay-per-view. And back in the 70s and 80s, closed-circuit TV was how you watched boxing or Evil Knievel jump the the Caesar Palace, uh, you know, uh, the, the water fountain, whatever the hell it was. But if you wanted to watch George Foreman against Muhammad Ali rumble in the jungle, you didn't pay thirty nine ninety five and watch it in your home. You paid thirty dollars for a ticket, and then you went to your local arena out here, say Staples Center, and they would have, you know, television screens like. Uh, 50-foot television screens. I don't know, however size it was. And that's how you would watch the boxing event from Africa. And boxing was doing it, and it was huge. It was big. And Vince said, I want to do a wrestling event and sell it on closed circuit. And people went, you're fucking insane. And he no, 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 no. It'll be huge. I'm already in all of these markets. I've already destroyed Florida Championship Wrestling and World Class Championship Wrestling and AWA. I've already taken over all these places. I'll do this event. It'll be like the, the Super Bowl of Wrestling. And it will put me on the map as the wrestling company. It will launch this company... I, I, and just everybody went, you're insane. Forget about it. So he went to Linda and he said, how do we do this? And she said, we're going to need a million dollars, $2 million to get the feeds and basically set this up and put it up uh, versus, you know, against the revenue that it could bring in and, And Vince said, well, can we make it happen? She said, we're going to have to mortgage everything. She goes, we're going to have to mortgage our our house, our our family. We're going to have to mortgage everything. And Vince said, I'm telling you, Linda, it's going to be huge. It's going to be monstrous. It's good. It, it, It is. Trust me. And she said, Vince, if you think this is going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread, I will put the financing together. I will do what I do to get you the money to make it happen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the rest is history. WrestleMania became the premier wrestling event. It was star-studded, held at Madison Square Garden. Uh, you had uh, Billy Martin there. Uh, you 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 had guest timekeeper Billy Martin. Uh, you had uh, guest referee uh, 
Muhammad Ali, Liberace was there. He, uh, I think, did America the Beautiful. I mean, it was huge. It was beyond the success. It made uh, tens of millions of dollars. And here we are, what, 30 years later? WWE is a publicly uh, traded company. Uh, Vince and Linda uh, still uh, control the majority of the stock. And when they went public, Vince McMahon, Linda McMahon, became billionaires. So, this woman is in charge creation I don't know if I know you can get but man a company that employed I think 10 12 people at the most to being what the WWE is today. And Linda McMahon created that. This wasn't some Carly Fiorina or some other uh, Meg Whitman in the sense of a smart, intelligent woman becoming the CEO of an established company that had already been successful and they either steered it to more success or steered it to economic hardship. This is a woman who started a company with her husband and basically created a billion-dollar empire from scratch. I mean, even if you throw the, well, Vince bought the company from his dad, WWF, under his father, was really garbage. It was a regional wrestling promotion. It was garbage. Vince and Linda created what it is today. So, yeah. The media, liberals, WWE, and Linda McMahon's involvement, but when you're talking about small business, and you're talking about somebody who knows business, this is somebody that is beyond qualified. And $5 million to Trump's campaign is nothing. That relationship goes back to the early days when the WWE wasn't a publicly traded company and they weren't as big as they are today. So, 
big, big selections. And again, when the media and liberals and the never-Trumpers all Who are you going to appoint to Dennis Rodman? Boy, George. Retarded. That things are going to change. And being some type of lawyer from... Columbia or Harvard and being a Washington ass sniffer for 35 years doesn't make you more qualified than a business person or a brain surgeon or a retired four or five star general. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, tackle a new bill that is um, just plopped down on John Kasich. Yes, that John Kasich's desk. And it's the heartbeat bill. Yes, the heartbeat bill. We'll be right back. Listen to a little Baked Alaska. And build the wall. Yes, build. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary. Show. Be right back. Yeah. Uh. Build the wall. It just got ten feet higher. Build the wall. It just got ten feet strong. Build the wall. It just got ten feet higher. And build and build and build and just build the wall. Wow. 
right, we're back. I know that time we didn't make it. I know that time. I know that time we didn't make the uh, the song end. I know that. That I had to get coffee. Now we have this great invention. Well, it's not. It's not an invention. I'm just late to the party with the invention. I call it. It's not an invention. It's not, I just say it's an invention. It's not an invention. But I'm late to the party. But I got one of those uh, those carrot. They got the carrot machine. Isn't that what you call a car? What's it called? A carag? A, you know the the single serving coffee things. Oh, I, I love it. I can't believe I've gone this long without it. It's it's one of the greatest uh, inventions of all time. I told my dad. My dad has one, and I told my father. I said, uh, uh, where, where, "How did I not have this? How, how have I not have this? This is like the greatest thing in the history of." Uh, mankind, little little cups to, to to with different flavor. I go this one cup you get one. That I, he laughs. He goes, "You're definitely late to the party." But anyways, not to do a big uh, promotion for him. It takes more than a second. Like you get coffee and you pour it, and then you get out. This you got a thing. You put the cup. You do it. It's probably a two-minute process, so we're late to the party here in more ways than one, so I'm sorry. Anyways, so a new bill. Now, again, told you that uh, Pandora's box, okay? I I, I told you, Pandora's box, and Pandora's box has been opened uh, for years, with the federal, not federal, uh, state, not state, we'll, we'll listen to this federal law, but we won't listen to that federal law. We'll listen to this state law, but we won't listen to... I mean, it's, it's been opened, and we've been playing a real dangerous game. And I have not. I'm pro-marijuana. Uh, I don't smoke it anymore, not because I'm against it, but because... I find it makes me um, lazy, makes me at times paranoid, and I'm not able to just smoke uh, a joint once a week. I have an addictive personality, and in turn, I smoke from the morning I get up uh, to uh, bedtime, and I, it's just, I can't do it, but I'm pro legalization i'm pro grow i'm i'm pro all of those things let's make money let's tax let's do it up but here's the problem it's in that area and if you're somebody that is pro marijuana and you're for a state having the right to have a vote and in turn if the people of that state vote yes then you respect that vote is legal now if that's the case 
then it has to be that way across the board. And see, that's the problem. Because the majority of people, and I'll even throw some of my friends on the right in that category, it's mainly on the left, but there's some people on the right who fall in that category of picking and choosing as far as state rights and what supersedes federal and vice versa. Now, if you're pro-marijuana, you're pro the state has legalized it, then you have to be. You have to be pro if the state wants to ban abortion or at least put some laws in place that restricts when you can have abortion. Same thing as it pertains to immigration. Right to suicide if you're sick, dying, cancer, gay marriage, tranny bathrooms. You can't pick and choose. And see, that's the problem. That we have in this country as it pertains to marijuana, abortion, immigration, gay marriage. And I said, when you had states and mayors of, you know, Los Angeles, Garcetti, and, and, and Rahm Emanuel say, we're not going to follow federal law. We're going to defy federal law. We're, we're, we're not going to comply with the feds as far as immigration. We're, we're, we're still going to have what we call sanctuary cities. We're, and yet, Demand the federal government come in and put people in jail because they're not baking a cake for homos to get married. And I say homos in the most loving, affectionate way. My sister's a homo. Big homo. And I said, when Manuel and Garcetti and Bellagio start ramping this up, there's going to be some serious repercussions. And now you're starting to see it in Ohio as far as abortion. And you're going to start seeing it with gay marriage. You're going to start seeing things get pushed back on because liberals 
like to play loose, fast, dirty, with laws and regulation. Rather, it's them bitching and moaning about corporations who get tax breaks, and that's wrong. But yet, Hollywood, nothing but tax breaks. Rather, it's a studio doing a production in North Carolina or Georgia or some other state business executives of that state whoever the the commerce people are whoever the head muckety mucks are put word out that if that studio sets up shop they won't get charged state tax they won't have to get permits they won't Basically, they get a free pass. Liberals want every vote to count. Every vote to count. So California says, okay, we're going to put it on the ballot. Gay marriage, yes or no? And when the majority of people in California say no gay marriage... All hell breaks loose. What? Wait a minute. Wait. No. Well, every vote should count, except when it goes against what we want. This wasn't supposed to happen. This is California. This is, this is a, what? How could California people vote against gay marriage? This is crazy. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, every vote counts. Only when it's their agenda or what they Imagine, let's uh, listen. If Donald Trump lost, if if Donald Trump lost, okay, the electoral college, but won the popular, would not hear anybody on the left talking about. Oh, look at the popular vote! Look at the popular vote! Look at the popular vote! Every vote should count. Every vote should they? They'd be like, "That's the electoral college. That's democracy." That's the way it's supposed to be. It's a republic. Blah, 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 blah. This is so not one state has all the power. Blah, 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 blah. So here we have Ohio, and they have a bill that the state legislature passed, and it's called the Heartbeat Bill, which basically says a woman cannot have an abortion once the doctor finds the heartbeat. And if that happens, the woman doesn't get punished. Because remember, you don't punish the woman. Don't punish the woman. That's like the compromise that the abortion people have done. The woman gets the pass. Thought it takes two people to terminate it. And the woman giving the consent to stick an instrument in her hoo-ha and chop up that child. But I get it. 
you got you got to give that pass. That's the that that that's how you 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 you're able to maneuver. But the woman gets the pass, but the doctor, it's a felony, punishable up to a year in prison and so forth and so on. So right now, the legislature's passed it, and it's up to Kasich to sign it. Now, if Kasich ignores it for 10 days, it automatically becomes law. Now, if he vetoes it, the state legislature would then have to get the necessary votes to override it, which uh, everybody says they don't have because they don't control the chambers by that much. But at the end of the day, it's issue. It's a state rights issue. It's a state rights issue. Well, no, it's federal. You got the, the Supreme Court. Well, well, they're well. <laughs> so you know, marijuana. That's that, that's feds. That's marijuana is not not legal, my friends. Get caught with a ounce or two of weed in Texas, you're going to jail. You get caught with a ounce or two of weed in California, it's a party. Six weeks. That's normally the time they say the heartbeat is able to be heard. Now, there's an exception. If the woman's life is in danger. If the woman's life is in danger, she can get an abortion. That's the exception. Not rape, not incest. So if she's impregnated by her uncle, got to have that retarded mongoloid kid. She's raped by like seven or eight dudes. She's got to have that kid. Now, listen, I don't necessarily know if I agree with this whole bill. I do know, and I, and I will tell you this, that when you have a child, Or your wife, your girlfriend, your significant other is pregnant. Your perspective on the whole abortion debate changes. When you go through the process, your perspective changes. That's why anytime they've tried to Put bills in place that say, well, you could get an abortion, but you have to go through, you know, X, Y, Z. And part of the X, Y, Z is sonograms and, um, uh, you know, uh, thing that I had. Is that a sonogram? I guess it, it is. 
But I know there's there, we had the one where you could see the baby, but then you have the 3D and the 4D where it's like, wow, that that that's a human. Like, oh my God, look at his eyes, look at his his nose, and and anytime they've put those bills in place, anytime that those types of things have come up, pandemonium is broken out on the left because they know if they can make it where an individual looks at that child inside the womb as nothing more than a blood clot, then it's very easy to kill it. If you can rationalize and convince individuals that it's not a human being until it comes out of the vagina at nine months. And only then is it a human being. Only then does it have rights. Only then does it matter. So when you start putting in place, well, you got to sign off on the sonogram. You got to sign off on, you know, X, Y, Z or a cooling period. And or a man with a woman experiences that it changes their mind. Abortion then not that as a form of birth control, but a last resort. And the media, liberals, have great job of the concept of abortion. It's Trevor Noah, Mr. I'm outraged by Donald Trump and, you know, the list goes on. Or Samantha B or Sarah Silverman. But yet they make light of abortion as it's basically getting rid of a blood clot, getting rid of waste. So... Where do I stand on a six-week heartbeat? I think I fall. But let's do it this way. I would never do it. And I do have somewhat of an issue telling someone else they can't, but I don't have an issue of putting strict limitations as to 20-week limit, putting in the sonogram and all of those things to make somebody understand that it is a human, it is a life. It's not just a glob of blood, because if you don't, terminate that glob of blood, that goo, 
it will turn into a human being. And I don't think you comprehend that until you are part of it. Until you are part of that process. I don't think you can appreciate abortion and issues with it. Because we're only told a side that is really not reality. You know, when you listen to the left, you listen to, A, Planned Parenthood is this great thing. Little abortion. It's only in the worst of cases, and it's all about these great things they do for women. And it's just not the case. First off, for Planned Parenthood to be part of political activism should automatically disqualify from any federal money. When you're watching Rachel Maddow or you're watching Lawrence O'Donnell and they have the president of Planned Parenthood screaming and yelling about Donald Trump or whatever Republican, and they are giving millions and millions and millions of dollars to political campaigns. That should disqualify them from getting taxpayer money, federal money. I mean, think about that. They get federal money. So if you're against abortion, you are just diehard against abortion. Part of your tax dollars, even if it's only a penny, goes to an organization that not only are you against, but the organization turns around, uses your money. I mean, that's some serious fucked up shit. I mean, it really is. really is. And I've told the story on the show before. This notion that Planned Parenthood helps women and they do very little abortion, liberal propaganda. And I'll tell the story in a quick version. Again, when my girlfriend got pregnant, when we thought she was pregnant, after we did Tests with the peak and so the so on. And we said, hmm, it's like you're pregnant, but I to make sure. She didn't have insurance. So I said, call Planned Parenthood. They're the place for women, poor women, women who don't have insurance, women who have nothing. And she said, ah, yes. I remember when I was in Texas, I would go there for condoms and birth control. Oh, that's nice. So she called Planned Parenthood. 
out here in Los Angeles, the one that was close to our home in Glendale. And she said, well, I think I'm pregnant. I'm not real sure. I want to come in and make sure I'm pregnant. If that's the case, I don't have insurance. I don't have a doctor and I don't know what else to do. And they said, well, are you planning on keeping the child? And she said, well, yeah. And they said, oh, well, then you need to go to county. She went, what do you mean? She goes, well, we'll only deal with you if you intend. She said, well, wait, I, I just, I don't, I'm not going to get an abortion, but maybe I'll get an abortion. But I need to know if I'm pregnant first. And they went, yeah, but it's a whole process of, yes, you're pregnant, now we do the abortion. It's not, hey, you're pregnant, see you later, that's $5. And she went, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm looking at her, and she's got this look on her face of just rage. She said, okay, well, they, and so she tells me. I said, wow, man. I said, wow. I said, if, if. I told that story without this experience, or if I heard that story, or I seen somebody telling that story, I said, liberals will full of shit, that person's a liar, that didn't happen, they're insane. And I said, and here we are, you hear conservatives say, and liberals say, you're full of shit. Isn't that amazing? And I said, why do we never hear that? Because the media is controlled by liberals. And in turn, they want abortion factories stay in place, stay open, keep operating. I mean, let's face it. There's absolutely no reason that Planned Parenthood can't do what they do. And Parenthood has to do abortions. Not every Walmart has a supermarket section. Okay? Not every parenthood has to abortions. It doesn't have to be like 7-Eleven and be on every corner. If you have a area like Lundale, there's nothing wrong with going, all right, we're going to have a Planned Parenthood in Lundale. We'll have a Planned Parenthood in Burbank. We'll have a Planned Parenthood in... Pasadena, and we'll have a Planned Parenthood, and, and, and say, okay, but this is the one Planned Parenthood that will do abortions. Whole spiel of, well, you know, a woman shouldn't have to drive four hundred miles to get an abortion. 
That's not making abortion. That's on cause of... Nobody's talking about that. Okay? Talking about one clinic that does the abortions that might be 20 miles away from the clinics that don't or do or whatever. The clinic that does the abortions doesn't get tax money. The ones that don't do abortion, they do mammograms and pap smears, they get the taxpayer money, but they're not allowed to be involved in politics. They're not allowed to be activists. I mean, these aren't crazy ideas. But I did tell you that rather it's the marijuana laws or it's the sanctuary cities, you're going to have this Pandora's box or even gay marriage. And at some point, there's going to be because liberals will not be able to play the game of state right, not state rights. This is a state right. Uh, this is a federal right. You can overrule the feds here, but you can't. Over- and now we're starting to see it, and it's only going to get worse. So thank your liberal friends. Everything should be a state right. And if you live in a state and you don't agree with the state and you don't like the policies of that state, they get the fuck out of the state. It's that simple. It's literally that simple. If you don't like the policies in Georgia and you want to live in a flop house with no sprinklers, Stairs, wooden boxes to get from floor to floor, people shooting up in the hallways, getting high, and basically a death trap. If that's something that you want to do, then you move to California and Oakland. That's not something that you want to do, then you don't move. If you are in a state that says marijuana is illegal, uh, guess what? Don't smoke it. Don't grow it. Don't sell it. Don't be part of that world. Because if you get caught, you're going to go to jail. And if you go to jail, don't bitch and cry. Because you could have packed up your shit and move to Colorado or California or the plethora of other states that have legalized marijuana. If you're in a state that says two homos can't marry, then move to a fucking state 
that says not only can two homos marry, but cakes are unlimited. And Liberace, I know Liberace said. State rights, I believe in them. Real simple. That's why electoral college. That's why we have senators. That's why we have congressmen. That's why we have governors. Our government is set up for state rights. Our government is set up. Our country is set up so that each state can govern how they want to govern. It's just my take. Who am I? Some jerk off on uh, the radio. It's Rob's Carriage. Rob's Carriage. I'll be right back. Yes. I mean, we're going to talk again about this tomorrow because I want to see if the media is going to do anything with it. I mean, it's a big lie. I mean, I know they're doing all of their, Obama was the greatest president in the world. Here's a special. Oh, my God. Obama's the I mean, I I know they're doing that. CNN's got a whole thing about it. 
but Obama did something today that was pretty big. I, I, I mean, you want to talk about a lie beyond a lie? And I'm not talking about a, a, an exaggeration. I mean, a monster lie. I'll get to that in a second, but real quick. It makes me laugh at, as a country, as it pertains to what the media slash liberals have done to all of us. We always make fun of the concept of fat shaming, slut shaming, of, uh, you know, uh, Islamophobia, uh, uh, safe spaces, uh, diversity, just all of those buzzwords and, uh, you know, uh, transgender, I identify, all of that stuff. If you go on CNN, they actually have an article by A.J. Willingham. And like I said, all of these people are booger eaters and fart sniffers. They, they really are. They're, they're a bunch of half-ass journalism majors who are fresh out of college. And this is their time to be popular. This is their time. And a lot of these people, they, they, you know, they do it for free. Or get thrown 100 bucks or 200 bucks. A.J. Willingham has an article on CNN, and it's called Fat Shamed Major League Baseball Star Slims Down. Fat Shamed Major League Baseball Star. Fat Shamed. Fat. Like, the word fat shame. Is a word created by the left for when somebody goes, look at that girl. Wow, she's fat. You're fat shaming. Wow, look at that girl. She doesn't lose some weight and watch what she eats. She's going to have a heart attack. Why are you fat shaming her? So that was a word created by the left. I never heard it applied. $100 million a sports star, a, a grown man being treated like a girl. But CNN, the uh, liberal geniuses, gave A.J. Willingham a platform. And in the article, A.J. Willingham lists all of the instances where Pablo Sandoval was fat-shamed. So they put up tweets by various sports writers or fans as an example of fat shaming this poor 
and oh, flower-like million-dollar sports athlete. Oh. They have a picture of Pablo, and it's a Twitter post by Steve Silva. Safe to say, Pablo Sandoval didn't miss too many meals this offseason. Cough. Oh, stop with the fat shaming. And then another picture. Shows uh, Pablo Sandoval throwing and his belly's hanging out of his shirt. And it says, by Jared Cabarrus. Welp, here it is via the Boston Globe. The picture that everyone's going to be talking about tomorrow. Oh, my God. They're referencing Pablo's fat belly hanging out of his shirt. Major League Baseball memes. Pablo Sandoval shows up to camp in shape. Round is a shape, right? Oh, dear. How could you fat shame? Why would you... Would you fat shame Pablo? Then it says, Does it say it? Where's the gif? Oh, I guess not. Just, it just shows the meme of fat busting the. And it starts, yes, you could be an athlete and be heavy. You could even be a really, really great athlete and be heavy. But sometimes even the best of the best need to make a change. Major League Baseball star Pablo Sandoval has long been known for his girth. And although it didn't stop him from becoming a great baseball player in recent years, he reportedly struggled with overeating problems, and his weight has jeopardized his career. Overeating, overeating. He's a fat fuck. Okay, that's what he is. Overeating problems. Big fat fuck. A big sloppy fat fuck. Not ju- anybody. Anybody in that situation. Man, woman, big fat fuck. You can't control the food that you stick in your mouth. You're a fat fuck. Okay? You're a disgusting fat fuck. Just remember that. However, he's appeared to make serious changes. We're in the baseball offseason now, when players retreat to their gyms of choice and start getting into shape for the coming year. In a new photograph, it appears that Sandoval is slimmed down and jacked up. <gasps> Sandoval plays third base for the Boston Red Sox. And the team's president reportedly says Sandoval's in tremendous shape, a vast improvement from past years when his weight has been the subject of jokes and taunts. <gasps> you fat fuck, okay? Jokes and taunts. Stop. Fat. Stop. Control. The food you shove in your mouth to where you're busting your belt, okay? You're busting your belt. You're being benched because you're so fat. You're a fat fuck. 
okay? You weren't shamed enough, okay? Nobody told you, hey, Pablo, put down the fucking sausage sandwich. Take the ice cream out of your mouth, you fat fuck, okay? You used to be a size 32. Now you're a size 58, you fat fuck. When you sweat, I could smell grease. I could smell pork, you fat fuck. Do you understand you're disgusting? Okay, do you understand you haven't seen your cock in five years, you fat fuck? In February, when baseball players tend to emerge from winter routines, pictures of a heavy Sandoval were shared all over the internet. The jokes, the pot shots were endless and cruel. They were cruel. Here's this guy making millions of dollars to play a child's game, okay? And I know, I know in baseball you don't have to be in the best of shape, but you can't be a disgusting, sloppy, slow, unhealthy fat fuck, okay? Where the worry that you're going to have a fucking heart attack running second base. Pop shot jokes. And, and, and we're cruel. I guarantee you guys, I guarantee you that A.J. Willingham is a fat fuck. I guarantee you. They were cruel. What a pussy country. Obama and the liberals and the media have created. Seriously. Oh, you're so cruel. What's cruel? Picture of that that heavy millionaire baseball player busting his belt. Oh, that fat fuck. Yeah, it's funny. He's disgusting. He's a slob. Yeah. You're so cruel. Oh, fuck you. Jerk off. Go drink your chai latte. Fucking asshole. Trick himself, if only for a moment, into believing that he could be a rich and talented sportsman. If only he were to wipe the Cheeto dust off his gym shorts and pick up a baseball bat. That is fantasy. Of course, there's no reason pro athletes are pro athletes. But that hasn't stopped Sandoval fat bashing from being its own sport over the years. So cool. Get the fuck out of here, AJ. Okay? The Sandoval shame can reach its apex. When the slugger's belt popped off during game early in the 2016 season, you can imagine the tears. <laughs> and not too long after that, Sandoval was benched and had a season-ending shoulder injury. Wow. Go figure. Big fat fuck having an injury have anything to do with the fact that it's a fat fuck, right? Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. You know, 
unhealthy fat bastards are are actually not unhealthy. They're they're in the best of shape. Fucking jerk offs. I'm not even talking about look, listen, I'm not like Mike Phelps over here. I mean I'm I, I don't I I haven't performed sexual intercourse with a trainee or anything like that. Michael Phelps did in the past. That's not what I mean. I don't have swimmer body, okay? I'm not I'm not that in shape. But I wouldn't classify myself as unhealthy fat fuck. Now I used to be. I mean not like Pablo Sandoval fat fuck or a Walter Hudson fat fuck or my six hundred pound life fat fuck. But it definitely was not healthy. Cholesterol was through the roof. Uh, I beat everything. I, I weighed almost 260 pounds. Right now I weigh 190. What do I weigh right now? 198. And I got some fat. But when I was 60 pounds heavier, I was a fat fuck. I was unhealthy. I was disgusting. Somebody said, dude, you're a fat fuck. You're going to die of a heart attack. No, don't shame me. Oh, you're fat shaming me. Get the fuck out of here. So I just had to throw that out there. I'm sorry. All right. It's Rob's character. All right. Listen, real quick. We're going to see if the media pounces on it. Obama. Obama. The world's, well, it's not the world's worst president, but, I mean, he's not exactly good. Uh, he did an interview with Farouk Zakaria. The fact that his name's almost like mine. I hate that. But uh, Farouk and Obama, uh, Farouk asked him about ISIS and terrorism. Obama said that his comments about us as being the JV team and the fact that he was so slow to react was because the intelligence had failed him. And what I mean by that, the people on the ground, the people that are in charge of CIA, uh, uh, Marine Corps, Army, uh, uh, FBI, the intelligence community, they never told him just exactly how bad, how mean, how tough, how much of a problem ISIS was. And if he would have gotten that intelligence, then he would never have called ISIS a JV team. Now, of course, I'm paraphrasing, but there was a failure in the intelligence community. Now, that is a lie. And it's not a little lie, but it's a monster lie. Michael Flynn, the guy that everybody's so freaked out about, Michael Flynn, who Trump tapped to be part of his national security. 
about ISIS. Back in 2014, Flynn was talking about ISIS. Back in 2000, has been talking about radical jihad for years. He's part of that intelligence community that Obama said didn't give him the information that would have made him act or at least not call ISIS the JV team. 2014, the beginning of 2014, Flynn, John Brennan, Clapper, all these guys were talking about ISIS, talking about the threat. And here's Obama, almost three years later, telling Farouk Zakaria of the intelligence community failed. Wasn't me. If I would have been told just how bad ISIS was and how much of a threat they were, whew, things would have been different. What? Are you kidding me? So let's see if the media does anything with this. Now, this was on CNN. Zakaria works for CNN. So I'm pretty sure CNN won't talk about this. But imagine, imagine this happening to a Republican. Imagine this happening to Donald Trump. I mean, they tried to make a story today out of the fact that Trump said he sold his stock portfolio six months ago. I mean, that was turning into a story of like, oh, look, we got you. Oh, what, 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 what got you? Oh, well, he sold his stocks. Well, and look at the stock market. Look where it is. Look. Oh, look, he lost five, six, seven percent of wealth from El oh, Why do you think? Well, let's go. How is this? A sto- How is that a story? But Obama say, I didn't fail. The intelligence community failed. When there's video testimony. From leaders in the intelligence community saying ISIS is a problem. We've got a big fucking problem. Tomorrow. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary Show. You guys have been great. You guys have been awesome. You are the best. You rule. You rock. You are all those things. Um, tomorrow, 7 o'clock or 7.08, whatever time it is. So we have bumpers in the beginning. Uh, if it's on terrestrial radio to 10 o'clock. 9.30, 9.45, however long we go. Don't forget, you can listen to us at uh, iHeartRadio. You can listen to us on iTunes. You can listen to us on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to us on Spreaker. You can listen to us at all these places. Listen to us. Go there. I promise you will like the show. If you listen to it once, twice, three times, you will get hooked. You will listen to it all the time. You will enjoy it. And... Uh, you will 
not want to be without it. Okay, great. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. You're the best. Awesome. Thank you. Goodbye. Later.